All right, welcome to another podcast edition of the White Collar Crimes Podcast. I am Ryan Horn, your host, as always. Thrilled to death to have you here. This episode, we're going to have kind of a, it's like two parts into one. We're going to cover the first part on a case that's developing right now, one that I would say probably most of you hadn't heard of because I keep a pretty good eye on the world of white-collar crime and what's going on and any kind of new developments or cases that are happening, and they are all the time because, let's face it, it's a type of crime that's not going anywhere anytime soon, if ever, but uh, this is a case that I had not actually heard anything about. It had slipped by my radar, but nonetheless, it's on there now. We're going to cover that, and then after covering that case, I'm going to cover a topic you need to stick around for because it's something that I dare say many of you out there have been impacted by one way or other, and I want to give the chance to explain that and to have some of you on as possibly guests or you can share some of your stories with me, and I'll get to that in a little bit. So please stick around for that, and you're able to be around for all of this, again, because of our sponsor, The Weekend Angler. Check out his YouTube channel, The Weekend Angler. All kinds of cool fishing tips, and hopefully the weather will be nice enough pretty soon down the road. We'll all be able to take in some good fishing, but uh, yeah, check that out. Now, this first case, this first part of the episode, I'm going to discuss the Greg Lindbergh case. It's an insurance scandal that's going on in North Carolina, and it's something that happened a few years ago, and he was initially convicted but was granted a retrial. And Mr. Lindbergh is supposedly an insurance tycoon who was previously convicted of bribery and conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Now, I will say this case is pending, and Mr. Lindbergh and any suspect in our system is entitled to presumption of innocence under the law. So, uh, that being said, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on, what's happened recently in that case, and kind of what's uh, happened set for the future in this but as i said he's a insurance tycoon that uh has been initially convicted of bribery and conspiracy to commit wire fraud now in 2020 so we're going back during the covid madness he was sentenced to seven years in federal prison and a little bit changed on that because recently that conviction was overturned and his new trial from what I could gather on various news reports, is set for May 6, 2024. So it's a few months down the road from when this episode is launching and when you may be hearing it, again, depending on where you're hearing this. That is when the trial is set. So we will be keeping a close eye on any type of developments in that. And as we get more developments and information and things like that, we will update that as well. Not a lot of information out on this case, but nonetheless, it was a bigger one than than what was out there because he was originally convicted of trying to bribe the North Carolina State Insurance Commissioner, a man by the name, I think, of Mike Causey, if I'm pronouncing this correctly, tried to, he's alleged to have tried to bribe this insurance head uh, for $2 million dollars. Now, not all states have somebody that's a point that's ahead of that. Some states, it's like an elected position. I 
if we have that position here in my state of Illinois, where I'm from, it must be some type of bureaucratic position, probably appointed by the governor or something. I'm not aware of an actual commission that's headed by an elected official. I'm sure we have one. I mean, insurance is regulated in each state, so I'm sure we have a commission like this and a commissioner like this gentleman here, but it is not an elected position, so most likely a political appointee. But he is alleged to have offered this commissioner $2 million, a $2 million bribe. Now, what it's for, or what he is alleged to have offered this bribe for, and not a lot is being reported yet. Probably have to see more of that come out in the upcoming trial. But apparently, he was also facing a civil case related to a probably about, a, I've read anywhere from about $550 million to $600 million judgment that was levied against him in civil court by a universal life insurance company. Now, there is a report coming out that very recently he was granted a small victory when that amount has been rolled back. And from what I could gather, that case will now probably be returning to court as well. So they may have to seek a different amount. But that was at least a victory for him temporarily because he was on the hook for $550-600 million, depending on what report you're reading. And apparently that's been rolled back, and it looks like that's headed back to court as well. Now, that's a civil case. You have to keep in mind, and I've explained this a lot of times, and I know most of you are aware of this, but if you're kind of new to the criminal justice system, criminal trials and civil trials have very different levels of evidence that is needing to be proved. In a criminal trial here in the United States, you have to meet the level of proof, which is called proof beyond a reasonable doubt, which they say if you put it, on a scale, it means well over 90% the proofs there that they did it. Again, beyond any reasonable doubt, you are convinced they did this. Civil court, however, is only tried usually on what's called preponderance of evidence, which means what I was taught when I was in school, if it's more likely true than not, they are guilty. The evidence is, the level of evidence that must be met is far lower. Um, I have a retired lawyer friend of mine that used to say, and he would guess speak sometimes in some of the criminal justice classes I've, I teach here at some of the area colleges, and he mentioned uh, to a lot of the students that it's like clearing a six-inch hurdle. Yeah, it might take a little bit of effort, but it really doesn't take a lot. Uh, preponderance of evidence is not a level of proof you really have to work real hard to meet a lot of times. And if it can be shown in court, whatever the allegations are, that he is guilty of them against this uh, universal life insurance company, I believe it is, then he could be on the hook for whatever judgments levied against him. Now, as I said, fortunately for him right now, he's not on the hook for this massive amount of money, but he could be again in the end. And that is in addition to the new criminal charges he's facing, although he caught a break in that regard as well by getting granted a new trial because that's something that he, you know, obviously he's not entitled to. You're not entitled to a, a new trial just because you appeal, but he was fortunate enough to be granted one. Supposedly, what's being reported, it has to do with a jury error or jury instructions, an error in that. And I've seen that happen in the county where I live here in downstate Illinois. I have seen a few cases that got granted retrials because of the mistake that a judge might make in jury instructions and usually it's something small but it can sometimes be enough to be granted another case i mean another retrial obviously not intended intended so the judges don't intend to make 
these errors because that is what's at risk. Their case could get overturned and sent back to court, or the very verdict sometimes can be overturned and the person is set free if they'd been previously found guilty or, or whatnot. So kind of a big deal, but it's being reported that there was a mistake in the jury instructions that was made in the previous case back in 2020. And now he's been granted a new trial, which again is set for May 6th. Now that could change any of you that have any experience dealing with the court system, whether you work for them like I do, or you have experience being on the other side of the law inside the courtroom. You can experience uh, a lot of frustration because, as you know, many cases just get continued, continued, continued. And it's months and sometimes even years down the road before a case actually gets resolved. So we'll keep an eye on this one. There's a lot of cases that are still pending right now that we've been kind of keeping an eye on a little bit. And this is one that we will follow as well. And there's a case, if you're a subscriber, which I encourage you to do, just $2.99 a month, you can become a subscriber and get at least one additional episode every month. And there's a case involving a non-for-profit fraud up in Minnesota right now that is I'm covering for just the subscribers. It's also a developing case. You won't hear it on the regular podcast here, but if you are a subscriber and you can subscribe to us on Spotify and you will... Uh, you will receive these extra episodes. So it's kind of cool to keep an eye on these extra stories like that. Now we'll see when this does go forward because there has been scandal surrounding this case pretty much from the beginning because it's also been revealed that Mr. Lindbergh was also a very big political donor. And some have wondered if maybe that's had something to do with him getting maybe extra special treatment if if you can say that i don't know again if that's what's being alleged by people but some people that has been a source of controversy because he's been a very big political donor over the year apparently to both parties republicans and democrats so he may want to make sure he's gotten all of his bases covered i don't know but that is again what is being reported in this case so we don't know how big politics will play a role in it but he apparently wasn't able to from what's being alleged, bribed this current insurance commissioner that was involved in this case, but apparently he was a donor to a previous one that was beaten by the guy that's in here now, this Mr. Causey or however you pronounce his name. So he had donated to the current one's opponent in the past, and again, big part of what's alleged in this case is a $2 million bribe offered to him. So a lot of uh, really interesting stuff getting... Uh, Getting brought out to light, I guess you should say, in this case. Now, this certainly won't be the first corrupt system with bribery. I mean, that's a very common form of white-collar crime. We've covered other cases on here that have involved that, and this case has the standard ones, uh, usual suspects, if you will, in a federal white-collar crime case. Wire fraud, bank fraud, uh, conspiracy bribery, all those kind of things are usually involved in these, especially these federal white-collar crimes. Now, this, to my knowledge right now, is a state crime. I don't know if any federal charges have been brought up on this. If it is, we'll get that corrected, and we'll make sure next time we discuss this case that it is. But to my knowledge right now, it's just a state case. Now, sometimes you can have both going on. As you remember, the Murdoch case that we've covered a lot in the last year, he's had the state charges of murder and some financial crimes going on in that as well. And I believe there are some federal 
financial charges he was facing as well. So sometimes you can have both uh, jurisdictions going at you. You may have state jurisdiction going after you, and you may also have federal, and that can make it a very tough climb up the hill for a defendant when you have to deal with both the state and the Fed. So, again, we'll see how this plays out. It's a case that we'll continue to monitor with others, and it's a tough thing. Insurance is a very crazy racket, and that's what leads me here to this second part of this podcast that I want to share with you a personal experience and also kind of throw it out there and ask if there's any of you that have experienced this as well, because last year, wife and I've had a rental property for a long time. I've had this house for close to 20 years and lived in it for a while when I was single, got married in that house, a lot of good memories in it. But when we moved, we have used it as a rental property and most recently sold it to an elderly woman, like on a contract for deed, kind of rent to own basis. And she moved out with a lot of health problems. We let her break the contract. She moved out at the beginning of probably February last year, maybe March. Well, towards the end of the March, back this time last year in the spring, we had massive amounts of flooding here in southern Illinois. It was one of the worst, wettest, late winters, early springs I can ever recall. And some foundational damage on this property happened on the west side of the house. It caved in. Nobody was there. Took out the water pipes in the basement. This happened on a Friday night, so the water department, nobody was there to notice a huge uptick in the flooding. And... It flooded the top of the basement, destroyed the furnace, the pipes, everything. The house is in complete ruin, and it's destroyed. It's no longer livable, sellable, anything like that. Well, that's what you have insurance for, right? Wrong. Guess what? The insurance company denied the claim. They hired a uh, supposed forensic engineer to go down the basement, look it over, come to a conclusion what caused it. They come up with a BS reason saying... It was lack of maintenance on it or something. Even though the policy doesn't stipulate what type of maintenance has to be done on this. But nonetheless, he's going to say whatever they're paying him to say. Because they're paying, my understanding, these engineers cost about three to $5,000 a pop. And if they want to keep working, they're not going to rule against insurance companies. So that's what we've been dealing with. And that is a very frustrating part. It is a very, in my opinion, corrupt insurance or industry. Because you pay this money. And in my case, I've paid for damn near 20 years on this house and it's denied so what did we ever pay for what do we ever have for it they take your money all this time but when it's time to pay up tons of them deny these claims for bs reasons and they get away with it a good friend of ours in fact the lady that she has a she and her husband have a ton of rental properties we bought the current house we live in now off this friend of ours and she has a property that was recently destroyed by a fire And same insurance company we had, and I will tell you all out there, if you have shelter insurance, run, don't walk away from them. Again, shelter insurance, I think it's primarily a Midwestern thing, but they're probably all over the country too. But if you know anyone that has them, please tell them to get as far away from them as you can because they will do everything imaginable to deny your claim and screw you out of your money and leave you hanging. And right now that's where we are. We're stuck with a piece of property that is worthless, it's unlivable, it has no value, and we're just stuck in limbo. And it is 
very frustrating and we're all doing it because of having to deal with it because of the crooked pricks in this insurance industry but to get back to my story my friend had hers destroyed she and her husband spent about ten thousand dollars on a lawyer fought it out in court and lost and this same insurance company again shelter insurance screwed her same way paid for many years faithfully on this policy it's destroyed by fire and then bam she's left out hung out to dry just like we are and i know there's tons of you out there like that and if you have a story like that and you want to be on this podcast or if you just want me to share it if you don't feel comfortable being on the air that's cool i'd be glad to share your story and try to help you out email me at ryanhornvt at gmail.com and uh I would love to hear the story. It's because uh, I know there's some of you out there that are fighting this as well. And who knows, maybe we can be the ones that start to make a difference and start a movement against a very, in my opinion, crooked and unjust agency. Like another friend of mine describes insurance, he said it's almost like legalized extortion. And it is a very frustrating thing. It has really put a wallop on my wife and I, not only just to have been emotionally draining, but financially draining too to have to pay for a piece of property we have there that has no value or anything we can do with it and it's all because of the crooks at the insurance company did not do what they're paid to do and supposed to do and if you can't get protected from a catastrophe like that what can you get protected from and my warning to you out there don't think you're safe because you have insurance on whatever because you could be the next one that could have something happen just like i did or just like my friend did with the other properties because that's a frustrating thing to those of us, I think, that are honest and play by the rules. We get denied claims, and yet these crooks that do multiple arsons and all kinds of other scams get away with it oftentimes, many times, and get rich off this on several properties before they're finally even caught. And we had the Kimes lady uh, that we just covered a few weeks ago, the dragon lady, I think she was called, very evil woman, made a fortune on fraudulent arsons on her properties before she was finally caught. And those of us that play by the rules and obey the law and do it honestly end up getting screwed anytime we need our insurance companies. It's a horribly corrupt industry, in my opinion, and I would love to help you get the word out on your case. If you want to be a guest, again, ryanhornvt at gmail.com. You can get on here and share your story, and and who knows, maybe somewhere out there somebody can help all of us with this. And speaking of which, being a guest, I hope you'll tune in soon. We have an attorney that listens to this podcast that has defended white-collar criminals, and I am going to be recording that episode most likely here in just a few days and get that out there to you very soon. So please be ready to check that out and check out some other stuff. Again, we've got a book coming out, YouTube channel coming out, a lot of other really exciting developments. You can always check out my latest voiceover work, uh, Ryan Horn or Ryan-Horn.com. And uh, I would love to hear some stories out there that any of you have, and I would hope I could help you. If I can't get helped, maybe I could help somebody else and at least expose the light on a very crooked, unethical industry that all of us are forced to take part in. You can't get a loan on a house or a car without insurance, but yet when you need them, when something happens, they don't pay up. So it's it's wrong on so many levels, and I hope something can be done. If I can't get something done in my case, I would love to help somebody else out on theirs. So please reach out to me if this is you, because we need to fight back, folks. If we don't, we are going to get 
continually taken advantage of by these wealthy elites and executives and everything like that in these companies because until somebody puts a stop to it, they are not going to stop what they're doing. So I encourage you to reach out again. I would love to have you on there. And as I always say, too, just on a lighter note at the end, be sure to check out your local pet shelter and adopt your next best friend because they're out there, folks. But also look out there because there are scammers, and it's not just always the street hoodlum. It could be your local insurance guy that you think is going to have your back in a disaster, and then when a disaster hits, you come to find out they leave you hung out to dry. And the one you've trusted the most, maybe in some cases like mine for nearly 20 years, and in the end, when the one time they are needed, they... uh, they screw you out of what you pay for, and this has to be done. Something has to change in this because I have a very good feeling the majority of you listen to this probably at one time or other have been screwed by an insurance company. It may not be as big a claim as like mine or my friends, but I bet you've had one, some of you, where you've been taken advantage of and been left hung out to dry. And if you want your story told again, please reach out to me. Be glad to tell it or have you on as a guest. Well, please like and follow us on Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you hear us. Give us a good five-star review. We need that. Please share this podcast with your friends. Help us continue to get the word out because we are growing and we want to continue to grow. And I thank you again for that because you've been a part of making that happen. And I hope and pray we can keep that going. Well, God bless and take care, everybody. We will see you next time. Take care.